Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. But this whole series, Marks of a Believer, it really comes down to when people look at a believer, what should they see? When people look at you, if you're following Christ and if you've decided to to follow Jesus, your life should be going in his direction. It should change course. Things should look different in your life than they looked before you started following him. And so think about it. When people think about you, and this goes along with our prayer focus that we prayed today, what do you want them to think? What's your legacy going to be? And so in this series, we're, we're going to talk about four marks, things we should be known by. Um, if you're really paying attention, you'll notice I added one. We're going we're gonna to add one on to next week. But we're talking about prayer, forgiveness. This week, we're going to talk about perseverance or endurance. And then next week, get ready, we're going to talk about generosity. <clears throat> so four rocks, four foundations of a believer's life that I see is really crucial. Are there more? Absolutely. But these are the four that we're going to talk about this month. And so last week we talked about how forgiveness is the mark, is, is a mark of a believer. And, and forgiveness really makes a mark in your life. And the reason that Paul endured through all the things that he went through, and we're going to talk about some of what he endured today, was because he'd been forgiven, because forgiveness had made such a mark on his life. But how do you and I become people who endure. <clears throat> how, do we, how do we go from being able to not endure very much to people with a whole lot of endurance? What does that process look like? I know that when I started running, and I love to run, and I love to, to just get out in nature and, and, just, um, and just go as, as long as I can, right? But when I first started, I could only run so much. And, and over time, there was a process of building a base of endurance in my life. And so spiritually, what does that look like? Because when we see people commit acts of extreme endurance, you know, these days, if you're into endurance sports, it's, it's almost like normal for people to run 100-mile races and, and even, you know, and then there's somebody running 200 miles or 250 miles at a, at a pop, and it's like, what in the world? These, these people are absolutely amazing, and it seems otherworldly. They have such superior mental or physical strength. They, 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 their training looks different. Their discipline looks different. Their focus looks different. But spiritually, when you, when you look at what Paul endured, not just spiritually, but also physically, for sure, it would make even the strongest person question themselves and ask, am I cut out for that? Am I cut out for that? And spiritually, when you look at other people's lives, you know, and this is just who we are as humans, and, and it's really not a good thing to do, but, you know, a lot of times we compare, and we're like, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know if I could make it through that. But here's what God's Word says in James 1.12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure, <clears throat> testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And so we see a process, patiently enduring, and then after we endure, we receive a crown of life. 
And so we go from here to there, and that there is the end of our life. When God looks at our life, and, and if we patiently endured, we receive this crown of life. How cool is that, right? I love what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 26. He says, and what, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And so, because of forgiveness, because of, of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we've got all the reason in the world to endure. But that doesn't mean that it's easy, does it? And so how do we get there? How do we become people who endure? And so today, we'll be using the words perseverance or endurance interchangeably, depending on what, what translation of, of God's word you're reading. Um, you know, they might use those words interchangeably. And and so right off the bat today, I want us to just get in our heads that perseverance or endurance, it creates a mark on your life. It really creates a mark. And to illustrate, I wanna, I wanna show you a picture of my shoes. Now, now this, you're like, Joe, why in the world are you showing me a picture of my shoes? Well, every single year, I get a new pair of running shoes. And most years, they look different, like they're two different pairs of shoes. I, I, I get the same shoe, but it's like the next year's model, and, and, and it's supposed to kind of be the same, but it looks, colors are different and all that kind of stuff. Well, this year, I just so happened because I'm kind of um, cheap. <laughs> um, last year's model was on sale, and it just so happened to be the exact same color, the exact same model, the exact same everything. And so... Just notice the difference between the brand new shoes on the right and the shoes on the left that have about 700 miles on them, right? Through mud, through rain, through every kind of, of weather and terrain. I, I, I love to go to our Cincinnati Nature Center and hit those trails. And some days the conditions are more favorable than others. I ran into Brooke there one day. She had her kids there and she was like, what are you doing out here? It was a nasty day. But you know what? I had a blast. But when you do that, you know, when you decide, hey, I'm going to run and I'm going to do this in no matter what the conditions might be, you know, it definitely leaves a mark. The, shoe, the new shoes at this time of the picture taking on the right had three miles on them. Three miles. And so, you know, you might say, and so if you just kind of spiritualize this, this a little bit, both of these shoes belong to runners. Both of them. But one of them has endured a while, been through some things, seen some, some hard days, seen some nice days, and, and, and it definitely left a mark. The others, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the road too, but they haven't seen enough trial and, and endured enough for it to really leave a mark on their life. Now, the cool thing is I get the new, new pair of shoes every year, and man, there's nothing like a new pair of shoes. And so, and, and that's kind of like what Jesus does in our life. We might go through the trials, but he's gonna renew you and redeem you, and, and, and it's an amazing picture, isn't it? But needless to say, endurance creates a mark on your life. Sometimes we feel like the old shoe. You know, we've been beat up, rode hard, put away wet. And, but perseverance isn't just physical. And it's not just what you see on the outside, right? 
Paul didn't just endure physical persecution. Multiple times his authority and his motives were called into question. The type of things that we need to persevere through will vary. You may never endure physical persecution like Paul did, but you will absolutely endure temptation. You'll endure peer pressure, physical trials, relational issues. It can totally run the gamut. Some of it is because of your choices. Some of it, God is allowing you to be tested. A lot of times in the midst of it, and even in hindsight, we never know why we went through this or that. And we just leave the why question in the hands of God. But listen to some of the things that Paul went through in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. He says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. When I read this, I'm like, what do rivers and robbers have to do with each other? But, you know, I digress. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked harder and I've worked hard and long, and during many sleepless nights, I have been hungry and thirsty, and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this. I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? Wow. You know, every single time I read that passage that Paul wrote, you know the first thing I feel? Shame. Because I think about my own life and how little I've really had to endure and, and how fickle I can be sometimes. And I just kind of hang my head. Right? Because a lot of times we just think it's all up to us, don't we? But listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. He says, so to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan sent to tor- torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, but this is one of these passages in in God's word that just kind of makes my brain turn to mush a little bit. It's like, God, how can I be weak and strong at the same time? How can, how can, how can you work best through my weaknesses? How can you, you work best in these times of my life where, where it just seems like all hell is breaking loose, right? How? Jesus just has a way of turning things upside down, doesn't he? 
turns things upside down. And, and so when it comes to endurance spiritually and when it comes to following Jesus, so much of the time we're comparing ourselves to others, but what we really need to do is look at endurance and perseverance in a completely different way. We've got to change our perspective. And at the same time, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We need to be strong. We need to endure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be up to the task all the time, which is why you absolutely need God's grace. And so this is not just a message about you just being stronger, just finding willpower, and just, just gutting through everything in life. No. It's about you leaning into Jesus and trusting his grace. And every single day, making that conscious decision that you will not quit on him, no matter what happens. No matter what happens. I, I listen to a lot of books and read a lot of books and, and I've watched a lot of doc documentaries about guys that go into the special forces. I think it's just like what every, every, every like dude loves. It's like, how did they do it? They're so tough, they're so awesome. It's like, and, and when you read these guys' accounts of going through these selection processes of, of joining the most elite units in the world, you know what they say? They say it's not the most in shape guys. It's not the guys that could have been Olympians. It's not, the, it's not just the guys that everybody else thinks is gonna make it that make it. It's the guys who just have decided beforehand that they'll never quit. And I just love that because it's not what people see on the outside. They might look at you and be like, eh, I don't think they're gonna make it. No, it's you deciding deep down, Jesus, because of what you've done for me, I will not quit. And obviously, this is the kind of attitude that Paul had. Because how else could you endure everything that he went through? Somewhere deep down inside, he just had this choice and this attitude that I will not quit. Because of God's grace working through me, I'm going to get up every single day, and I'm just going to keep going. And so what does this process look like? Let's, let's break it down a little bit. Number one, in your notes, if you want to get your app out and, and uh, follow along there today, but what does it look like to grow in your endurance, to grow in your perseverance, to be somebody who doesn't quit? The first thing that we have to do is we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Some of you are like, Joe, man, this is a tough message. But hey, it's worth it, right? It's worth it. And so let's dig in. We've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable comfortable. Now, I don't have a picture for this one because it would be kind of awkward for both you and for me, but uh, recently, the past few weeks, under the influence of a friend who I think is a friend, but he might just be a little bit sadistic, I, I started this, this thing of, of, of getting into cold water, cold plunging. Anybody ever cold plunged in here? And, and it is about, it, it's, it's kind of fun, but at the same time, kind of the worst things you've ever done in your life. But you know what the whole hardest part about cold plunging is? It's not actually stepping into the water and plunging yourself down in that cold water because when you do that it just it's like it's your 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 senses are just going crazy and you're so cold you really don't care about anything else you know what the worst part of cold plunging is it's standing at the door of my back deck looking through the glass out at the cold plunge tub and trying to talk myself into opening the door and walking out there 
Once I open the door and actually walk out there, everything just goes from there and it's before it and it's done before I know it. But it's that part of anticipation about what is about to happen. And it's even worse after you've done it a couple times because you know what's coming, right? You know what's coming. And that's kind of, that's kind of the biggest benefit of doing this exercise for me because mentally I'm creating discipline in my life. You know, could there be some benefits to, you know, the cold water and, and for my muscles and my joints and all that? Yeah, absolutely. But you know the greatest benefit is I'm training myself to get comfortable being uncomfortable in a physical way that then translates into other areas of my life of making decisions. Now, am I saying everybody should go out and get a cold plunge? No, that's just something I'm doing. You, if you don't wanna do that, don't do that. But the fact remains, we spiritually have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. James 1, two through four says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So let it grow. Underline that. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I just love that picture. And once again, it turns, it turns things up, upside down in our life. It's like, what? I should, I should take joy when I'm presented with a, a trial or something that, that is difficult? Now listen, I sought out the discomfort of the ice bath like a crazy person. But when it comes to spiritual endurance, I'm not seeking out trouble, but the scripture is very clear, it's going to come. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, they're gonna come. The troubles are gonna come. And the question is, Am I gonna have a different perspective? And am I gonna look at them a little bit different? When, when they come, am I gonna say, okay, I'm gonna just be comfortable being uncomfortable here. I'm not gonna flee from the discomfort. I'm not gonna flee from the opportunity. I'm gonna step outside of my comfort zone and not be the person I feel like being at this moment, but I'm gonna be the person that God is calling me to be in this moment. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. And I just wanna tell you from years of experience, it only comes when you intentionally practice it. When you step out of your comfort zone and when God is calling you to, to speak up and maybe share your story, that you actually speak up and share your story. When God is calling you to do something for a neighbor, just a random act of kindness, that you actually step out and do that random act of kindness. When God is calling you to serve in a particular area that instead of just thinking about it and saying, I should do that someday, that you actually step out and you serve in that particular area. That when God lays something in your heart that might be a little bit uncomfortable, you choose to be uncomfortable because it's it's worth it. And you're training yourself to get really comfortable being uncomfortable. Why? Because it's an opportunity for joy. For joy. Listen, I don't want to be the lid on what God can do through my life. And I have a really good feeling that we have a room for little people here that don't want to be the lid either. That God wants to do something special in your life. But I hate to be the bearer of Bad news today, if you're gonna get there, then you're gonna have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And you've heard me say it before and I'll say it again, God is way more concerned 
about your character than your comfort. Right? Number two, the second thing that we need to do if we're gonna go through this process of growing endurance in our life is we gotta realize that endurance grows when seeds are planted over time. Over time. Consistently. Galatians 6, 7 through 9, it says, Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will have everlasting life from the Spirit. So, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. And that's a huge if right there. You wonder, why isn't God coming through my life? Why aren't these things happening? Why, 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 why? It could be that you're still planting and you're still trusting and you're still you know, placing your hope in your Savior and, and what do you need to do? You need to just keep planting and keep trusting because God's promise to you is that, hey, you're gonna reap the harvest of blessing if you don't give up. If you don't give up. I love all the different pictures in this, this passage that we just read. And, and the, the first one is that your life is a harvest field. Your life is a harvest field. Harvest is always delayed. We're in a season right now with the fields of harvest all around us of, of stagnation, like nothing's happening, you know, at least nothing that we could see. It's just that soil is getting ready for spring and, and it's frozen solid right now. And, and so on the surface, it would look like, man, it's dead. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. But we know that because of the time and the attention of the farmers and plowing and planting and fertilizing and all the things that are going to happen, at some point later this year, those fields that are frozen rock solid right now, they're going to reap a harvest. And so what does that tell us? It says, it tells us that it's more about what you do daily than what you do weekly or yearly. Man, I used to live in a town full of farmers. And what I learned very quickly was just because it was winter didn't mean they weren't busy. They were working on stuff and getting stuff ready every single day of the entire year. They were doing things daily that were contributing to the most important time of the entire year, which was the harvest. But it happened year round. Listen, Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life daily, every single day. Planting seeds of faithfulness, planting seeds of endurance, planting seeds of perseverance. Those quiet, unseen decisions that no one else sees to keep yourself pure, when you live your life in such a way before your coworkers that when the right moment arises, you're well positioned to share your story, when you're dependable, when you're a person of your word, when you apologize, when you mess up, all these little decisions that, that you're planting over time, they're gonna reap a harvest if you don't give up. Endurance grows when seeds are planted over time. And so if you're in a winter season, if you're in a, a season where you just don't see any growth and you feel like you've been planting seeds a long time, just keep planting. Don't give up. Number three, 
The third part of the process of, of developing endurance in your life is, is we've got to re realize that endurance produces character, which leads to an unshakable hope. Which leads to an unshakable hope. You say, Joe, what, what in the world are you talking about? Listen, your endurance cannot grow without testing your limits. So welcome it. Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Did you see the progression there in that verse? It says, endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And so the more I endure, the stronger my character gets, and the deeper and more unshakable my hope becomes. This is, once again, something that turns life upside down. I go from endurance to character to hope, and my hope is grounded in the love of my Savior. You know, endurance is kind of a funny thing because you have to endure something to develop it, right? So having endurance means that you've already endured something and became stronger because of it. Let me just break this down to everyday life. It means you're gonna go through some pain before you get stronger, right? Which none of us wanna hear. But your character has to be tested. God is going to test it. You know, I'll never forget when I was a young uh, missionary and I was, I was fresh out of Bible school and I had raised my funds and I, I was headed to Bulgaria and, um, and I was just green as could be and I had all the dreams in the world and, and you know, as a you know, young 23-year-old uh, young man, I, I thought I knew everything. Can anybody relate? Remember that time in your life where it's just like I, I knew it all? right? And I was driven. I couldn't wait to get out there and make a difference and, and just do all the things. And I remember getting to, the, getting to Bulgaria and, and meeting with my area director who was, he, he oversaw all the missionaries in Southeastern Europe for the Assemblies of God and, and sitting down with him for coffee and talking and him asking, well, how are things? And I was like, great, everything's awesome, right? Everything's amazing. Life is just so good. And I, I remember him looking at me with just really compassion and, and, and at the same time a little smirk on his face. And he said, just wait. And I'm like, what in the world, man? Aren't you supposed to be like my encourager? You're, you're my coach, you're my cheerleader, you're my, you're my leader, and, and, and what, now you're just taunting me, right? Have you ever had somebody like that in your life? And, and, but in hindsight, I'm like, oh my goodness, he knew. He knew. He knew. I was young. I was green. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I knew everything I thought. And what I later realized at that point in my life is that I had never gone through any significant trial. I had a certain level of character. I was dependable because, you know, my parents had just driven that into me. But my character had really only been tested to a certain level. 
And you know what needed to happen that was really painful? I needed to see God's faithfulness in the hardest moments of life in order for my hope to grow to an unshakable place. Let that sink in. I had to go through some really hard things in life so that my hope could grow to an unshakable place. You know, there's a hope that you have when you're kind of young and green and, and just, for lack of better terms, young and dumb, right? Or when you're a new believer and you just have this, this, this huge hope, oh, everything's gonna work out fine. So there, and there's a hope when you, you know, that you have when you're young like that, and, and what, what it really means is I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what life can be like and, and what you know, is, is around the bend. But there's another kind of hope that really anchors your whole life. And the only way to, to get that kind of hope is to go through some really hard things. I had to step forward into my calling. I had to obey Jesus and I had to put myself out there for the real testing to come. I had to go halfway around the world to experience it. I'm not saying you do, I'm just telling my story, this is what happened in my life. And it's only because I saw in hindsight that God was faithful that my hope grew to an unshakable place. For some of you that are in the midst of it, I would just say keep holding on. Because if you hold on, you will have the blessing of looking back and seeing God's faithfulness in every single step of the way that you couldn't see when you were in the middle of it. But looking back, you're gonna see it and your hope is gonna grow to a place that is so deep and so grounded that it can never be shaken. Some of you just really need to hear this this morning. Psalm 62, five through eight, it's not in your notes or on the screens, but listen, just listen to what it says. It says, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. And sometimes all you have in life is to just keep telling yourself that and just holding on to hope. But at some point, you're gonna see enough of God's faithfulness in your life that that hope can't ever be shaken. And that's my prayer for you, that you develop that kind of endurance in your life, that you trust him at all times, that you pour out your hearts to him, for he is your refuge, amen? Number four, we'll wrap it up with this this morning. The last thing to remember in the process of in developing endurance is that hope that we're, that we're hoping for, that hope that we're, we're just holding on to, it only matters if we still have it after the trial. You know, when you're doing anything that involves endurance, you know, you're all about the finish line. If there wasn't a finish line, you probably wouldn't keep going. Because why? I mean, like seriously, why, why in the world would you keep going? And the hard thing about having endurance spiritually is that your finish line is the end of your life. It's the end of your life. And that can be a really long time away or it could be a very short time away. We never know. We never know when our last day will come, but for every single one of us, last time I checked, 
the death rate in life is one out of one. Some of you will get that on your way home. We all, we're all going to go. And hope is only going to matter for you if you still have it in the end. Unshakable hope is earned through the fire of trial. 2 Timothy 4, 5 through 7, it says, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Man, let this sink in. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. As for me, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy, he said, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Listen, you need hope if you're gonna endure. And you can hear people say God is faithful and you can have a shallow hope that he is. And no, no stone's thrown, but that's where some of us are at today. We hear everybody saying how God is faithful, but we really haven't experienced that faithfulness in our own life, and we're still wondering, is he? And so you can stay there in that place where, where you're hearing people say God is faithful, but you, when, it, when it really comes down to it, you have a really shallow hope that he is. Or, and here's your second option today, you can live as if God is faithful. And after you see that he is, you'll receive an unshakable hope as an anchor for your soul. And I just want to tell you, this is one of the hardest things that I see as a pastor, is I see people experience a trial and their faith is then shaken to such a place where it cracks. It cracks. And I want to help today. I want to help fill those cracks. I want to help point you in the direction of Jesus and remind you that life is hard, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. Many of you, you, you might have not have grown up in the same tradition, a church that I did, but you know, back in the day, we used to sing an old hymn and it said, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ, one glimpse of his dear face and all sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Church, if I could have one prayer for us is that we arrive at the end of our race with our hope intact, holding on, finishing the race, pouring our life out as an offering. And so, where are you at today? You gotta remember that you'll never have a chance to endure if you don't enter the race. And so for, for some of you, it's, 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 you need to get in the game, you need to get in the race, you need, to, you need to put yourself in places where you're gonna have to endure. In what area of life do you need to endure? I would say for many of you, the Holy Spirit is shining a spotlight on, a, on an area of your life where you need to dig deep 
some temptation, some relational trial, some, some issue at work, something where it's testing your faith, it's testing your character, and it's testing your hope. And it's time to dig in, to dig in and get comfortable being uncomfortable, trusting that God is going to work in it to give you a great joy. If you're new to the faith today, first of all, I want you to know that this church is for you. But second of all, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, this does not sound fun, <laughs> right? And I just want to tell you with all the hurt and hardship that I've endured as a follower of Christ, none of it even pales in comparison to all the blessings that I've experienced. Does that mean that everything in life is okay all the time? No. Does it mean I, I'm just sailing free and I'll never experience another trial or hardship? No. But Jesus has always been worth it. Always. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're wondering, is this really worth it? This doesn't sound fun. Enduring hardship, suffering for Christ, all this stuff. You know, I just want to encourage you. Jesus went first for you. He endured first. He loved first. He suffered first. And your life, it won't all be suffering, but it absolutely can happen. But the presence of suffering in your life does not equal the absence of God. And when you do suffer, and when you do endure, and when you are going through it, Jesus is right there with you. Don't jump ship. Don't get out of the race. Don't say this is too hard. Stick with it. And when you endure till the end, Jesus is going to place that crown of life on your head, and it's all going to be worth it. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Some of you, you're like, Joe, I need to get in the race. It's time to start following Jesus. It's time to say yes to him. Because he endured for me, because he went to the cross for me, because he laid down his life in my place, I want to turn around and follow him wherever that takes me, wherever that leads me, whatever that means for my life, no matter what the cost, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand unashamedly across this place. If you're online, sitting in the couch at home, you can raise your hand. But yeah, raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. That is so cool. A few hands up around the room. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Right there at your seat today, I want you to pray a simple prayer. And just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I welcome you into my life both as my Savior and my Lord. I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again on the third day. And from this moment forward, I want to follow you for the rest of my life, trusting that in the end, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Help me, Lord, to understand your word and follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in your heart today, I, I want to encourage you. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we'd love to get some resources in your hand to help you follow Jesus. And so at the Welcome Center in the lobby, we've got a gift bag we'd love to put in your hand. Just, just let them know, hey, I gave my life to Christ today. I want that bag Joe's talking about. And there's a Bible and some resources in there we'd love to, to put in your hands. And also, we got baptism next week. It's a great time to go public with your faith. Sign up. But for the rest of us today, go ahead and stand to your feet. I want to pray a closing prayer because if you're anything like me, man, you could use some grace. 
in your weakness. You can use God to, to just fill you with his spirit and give you strength for the journey because it can be really hard, right? And so let's invite Jesus today to help us be people of endurance and perseverance. Can we do this together? Jesus, we invite you to fill us with your spirit this week. God, to lead us so that we can lead lives that are making a difference for you. God, fill us with your strength. Give us grace for every day because when we're weak, you're strong. And so we don't have to quit. We don't have to back down. We don't have to be people who don't endure. We can be people who rise to the challenge. And after we've seen how faithful you are, God, we're going to have this unshakable hope. Unshakable hope because we know how good you've been. Thank you for these promises from your word today. Give us a new perspective this week as we look at our lives and as we become people of endurance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.